Welcome to the Compass Church Podcast, everybody. My name is Jake, and I'm our online pastor here. And just a quick happy Easter to each and every one of you. You know, we're going to be talking about story today. And there's something really amazing about the power of story. Whether it's a story being told to you by one of your best friends, or a great book that you just can't put down, or a cinematic movie experience that just took your breath away. But there's something even more amazing when those stories end with a plot twist. This turn of events that you just did not see coming. You know, my wife and I recently allowed our kids to start watching the original Star Wars trilogy, and they just finished The Empire Strikes Back. They got to experience one of the greatest cinematic plot twists of all time, and they loved it. But what if there's a bigger plot twist available? What if there's something that's better than just a story with an ending you didn't see coming, but a story that has the potential to change the trajectory of your life? We're going to talk about that kind of plot twist today, and we're going to join in right now with our senior pastor, Jeff Griffin. Wanting to wish a happy Easter to all of you joining us at the Compass Church, thinking of everybody at our Wheaton campus, Naperville, South Naperville, and Bolingbrook, and everyone online, so glad you are celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ with us. And I am really excited to be coming to you from the Tivoli Theater in Downers Grove. This is a beautiful, ancient theater that seats a thousand people and has been continuously operating for nearly a century. It's really an amazing story behind this theater. And it goes back to a guy by the name of Gustav Bungie. Gustav was a German immigrant who came to Downers Grove and studied to be a lawyer. He became the city attorney of the town of Downers Grove. He did well, but he didn't have enough money to fully accomplish what his vision was without borrowing as much as he could. Let me tell you what happened. We got to go back to the year 1928, and they had just invented the technology to combine film, video, with synchronized sound, sound movies. Never before could it be done. And Gustav, he believed to the core of his being that this sound movie thing was going to be a massive hit. Now, the only place where it had been done, where they had built a theater for sound movies, was over in Hollywood. And he was the second in the United States. He had to borrow half a million dollars to build this place and just leveraged everything to make it happen. People thought he was crazy. Do you know that? There were uh, well-spoken critics who said that sound movies, it's a gimmick. It'll never last. But Gustav bet the farm on movies. He said, you can think what you want. He said, I know these things are going to take off. Man, was he right, huh? He bet the farm on story. That's the essence of it. Gustav knew that everyone always has resonated with story. I mean, back when 
oral tradition is all we had. People would tell stories and be mesmerized. And Gustav figured that now the technology had developed to the point where the tools of sound and video synchronized together. He's like, oh, no, no. Storytelling has come to a whole new unprecedented expression. And he bet the farm on story. And friends, he was right because God made us to love story. Do you realize that's why it's such a big deal? That's why this place was such a smart move. God has wired into all human beings this strange resonance that occurs within us when great stories are conveyed. Why is it that God put a longing, a love for story in our hearts? And what does that have to do with Easter? Well, I need to tell you about Addison's walk. I actually take my dog on his walk every day on this path in the woods, and I've named that path Addison's Walk because I love what happened on another path called Addison's Walk in Oxford, England. It was a just a Two friends walking through the woods. Those two friends happened to be C.S. Lewis, the author of the Chronicles of Narnia, and J.R.R. Tolkien, the author of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And these two friends were talking about God. As it turns out, C.S. Lewis had just recently developed belief in God. He had been an atheist, a professor at Oxford, but a strong atheist. Well, through a number of ways, God had convinced C.S. Lewis that he was real. And so as a believer in God, Lewis still admitted to his friend, J.R.R. Tolkien, who, who was a strong Christian. Lewis said, I just am still struggling with the Jesus part. He said, the story of Jesus is just too good. It's got to be made up. He said to Tolkien as they walked on Addison's Walk, he said, you and I both know the the elements that create an outstanding story. And it's true. They were both master storytellers. They were both professors who taught literature at Oxford. And C.S. Lewis said, the, the Jesus story. I mean, it's just got everything that makes a good story. It's clearly got to be fictionalized. Friends, I should just tell you what makes a good story. It's interesting. The literature writers, movie writers, they all know that here are the four essentials. You need a relatable protagonist. It's kind of your hero, the main character and one you can relate to. A vital quest, an overwhelming opposition, and a startling victory in the end. And these are the things that are in every good movie. It's, it's really fascinating. Movie writers know if you think you're going to get creative and find a better way, you're fooling yourself. Stick to the formula that resonates with every human heart. And so they've always known these are the elements of a good story. And C.S. Lewis was saying to Tolkien, it's got it all. This Jesus, God come to earth to save humanity. And then he dies and is in the tomb and then resurrects. It's clearly got to be fictionalized. And here's what J.R.R. Tolkien said to his friend. He said, Lewis, who gave humanity that formula? 
Who made people to resonate with those four story essentials? And C.S. Lewis was like, well, I guess, I guess God did. God put that in us. And then he asked him another question. He said, Lewis, why did God put that in us? Was it simply for entertainment's sake? And J.R.R. Tolkien, he said, I believe to the core of my being that God has made all humanity at all time to resonate with that formula because that's precisely the story that saves our souls. And Lewis was blown away. He had never thought about that. He had thought that the similarity of all stories following this formula was evidence that the story of Jesus was fiction. But his friend was challenging him to say, could it be that the very reason we resonate with this basic story is so that we can be drawn to the one time it was really true, when it happened in the person of Jesus Christ? And with that realization that Jesus was living the story that echoed in his heart since his childhood, C.S. Lewis became a believer in Christ on that day walking Addison's walk. Friends, I want, I want to talk about the story of Jesus and how it just resonates like no other. Shall we look at the book of Isaiah? I find this a little ironic. We're going to be studying the story of Jesus as told 700 years before he lived. The prophet Isaiah received from God this divine vision as to what the Messiah's journey would be like. And sure enough, it matches those storytelling essentials that every good writer knows. The first, remember, is relatable protagonist. You, you need a main character that isn't perfect. You know, if someone's uh, you know, supernatural and too amazing, we, we would fail to connect with them. And so we need humanity. We need weakness. And isn't it interesting that God became a man? Jesus is God in human flesh, and he experienced the weakness of what it means to be human. Look at Isaiah chapter 53, verses 2 and 3. There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance. This is describing the coming Christ. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. One of the reasons the story of Jesus Christ resonates with us so deeply is because we look at Christ and we're like, you, you get it. You know what it's like to be human. You know the hardship of adolescence and the challenges of career and relationship and finance. You get it. Sure enough, Jesus is the relatable protagonist. And then the second essential is a vital quest to be a great story, a movie that grips this ordinary human being with weaknesses needs to be called upon a mission of great significance, often a, a rescue mission, a saving mission, a mission by which they bless others. And so it was with Christ. We see in Isaiah 53, that same section, verse 5, speaking of the future Jesus, it says, He was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. Did you catch that his dying mission was about to rescue the world? 
the world was caught in rebellion, in sin. But Jesus came to make us whole, to make us healed. Christ came with a a mission. He, like a hero, descended from heaven down to earth, became one of us so that he could rescue planet earth. And friends, that vital quest is so essential. When we think of movies, you know, think, uh, what, Dorothy? She had to find the Wizard of Oz. Or Luke Skywalker? He had to destroy the Death Star. There's always a mission that stretches the protagonist. And so it was with Christ that he came with the mission he received from the Father that burned on his heart and still today inspires all of us. Well, the next essential is overwhelming opposition. <laughs> Every good movie's got a villain, a bad guy, uh, an antagonist, some problem. You know, If there was a movie without problems, no one would go to see it. We want a life without problems, but the truth is that makes a boring story. You need serious opposition, and so it was with Christ. The angelic armies of Satan were opposed to him and moving within the people of that day in his area, and as a result, the opposition to Jesus grew and grew and grew. The, the problems grew to the point of crucifixion. Look, look at what it says in verses 7 and 8 of Isaiah 53. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. No one cared that he died, that his life was cut short. And he was buried like a criminal. Friends, isn't that fascinating? That prediction of the great tragedy that would occur in the life of Christ, where our uh, protagonist dies, is dead, and it seems like all is lost. It seems that all those who have been following him and placing their hope in him. It seems that their hope has been misplaced and that their world is caving in. Oh, the tragedy of the crucifixion, or so it seemed at first. And so we look now at the fourth essential of a great story, and that is a startling victory. Friends, this is the, the plot twist. You know, a good plot twist. That's where everything seems bad, and then suddenly uh, the protagonist finds the power, the help that enables him to conquer this opposition and rise victoriously. I, I think of Rocky Balboa. I remember when uh, back in Rocky, Apollo Creed, in the 15th round, just boom, gave him a punch that put him to the mat. And everyone thought it was over. In fact, his coach, Mick, is just, stay down, Rock, stay down. But Rocky won't see it. He rises, you know, as they count, gets to 10 and gets to his feet in the nick of time and cries, Adrian, and attacks Apollo and actually survives to the very final bell, an unexpected victory. Or I think of Beauty and the Beast, where Gaston, the villain, gives a fatal stab to the beast, and he is dying in the arms of Bell. It seems like it's over. Everything we had hoped for is being lost. And oh, the plot twist. What happens? She, as he dies in his arms, confesses her great love for the beast. And that confession of love was the key to breaking the spell and reviving the beast, renewing the beast, and making him uh, transformed back into a human. 
and the two of them uh, fall in love and live happily ever after. See the twist? Friends, every great story has got to have that startling victory, that plot twist that just makes your heart soar. And that's what Easter is all about. Friends, we're living, celebrating the greatest story ever where Christ, the Savior, was dead for three days and then on the third day resurrected, shocking the universe and delighting to the end every follower of his. Easter is the climax of the greatest story ever told, ever lived. Hey, I got a question for you. What about your story? You got a good one? If they came from Hollywood and said, hey, we'd like to turn your story into a movie. I guess a lot of us would say, you've got the wrong person. Trust me, my story is boring. In fact, I think that's why we're drawn to movie theaters. Another reason is we want an exciting story that we can connect with because ours is so dull. Well, is it possible that your story can be extraordinary? Let's, let's take a look. What are the essentials again? Remember, we said you got to have a relatable protagonist. If you're the protagonist, are you relatable? Do you have weakness, insecurity, doubt? That makes you relatable. You say, I qualify there. Well, what, what about a vital quest? God has called every human being to be a lover of others, a helper of others, to make the world a better place. And I know it's overwhelming, but that is our assignment. What about overwhelming opposition? If you don't have problems, your story is no good. It won't work in uh, movie form. You're like, oh no, I got lots of problems. You want overwhelming opposition? I've got more than enough there. The only thing I'm missing is a startling victory. Well, you know where you can get one? Friends, the key to our startling victory is connection to Easter to the victory of Jesus. There is a way that his victory can become our victory. Let me read you a verse. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5, it says, Even though we were dead because of our sins, God gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. You want a plot twist? That's the plot twist every Christian gets to enjoy as their own story that we were dead. It was a mess in our sin. We had rebelled against God and found our connection with the Lord broken. We were enemies of God because of our spiritual rebellion. But for those who are Christians, God gave us as a free gift, new life when he raised Christ from the dead. The resurrection of Jesus Christ can bring us newness of life. His story can be connected to our story. I got to show you something up in this projection room. We're now in the projection booth here at the Tivoli Theater, and I have had so much fun talking with Mike, the professional projectionist here at the Tivoli. It's really amazing as he described how movies would arrive in six of these reels, and they would all need to be spliced together. And it seems like an antiquated technology, doesn't it? 
But the truth is, it was just 10 years ago that this is how theaters were projecting movies. Well, this provides us a good analogy for what needs to happen to us spiritually. Let's let this reel remind us of the story of Jesus Christ. It is amazing. It is powerful, dramatic. And this is your story. You say, it's boring, it's dull. Well, maybe so. That is until your story is spliced into the story of Jesus Christ. Friends, that's what the Bible talks about. It's fascinating how throughout the New Testament we see this theme of being united with Christ. We need our story spliced into his. I've learned how to splice. Can I show you? How is that vital connection made? Well, the Bible describes this simple transaction between us and Christ. Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty for our rebellion, and he offers forgiveness to everyone. When we look to Christ in faith, and I know faith sounds so complex, it's really not. It's simply relying, depending, trusting in Jesus. It's turning to him and saying, you know what? I need you. Would you please splice my story into yours? When you look to him in that genuine cry for help, the Bible promises that a spiritual dynamic takes place at that moment. And we are united with Christ. Our story has just become beautiful. It is a story of desperation with a plot twist that results in adoption into God's family, loved by God, forgiven of sin, promised a life of spiritual growth, and an eternity in heaven. Friends, what a story we live because we're spliced into the story of Jesus Christ. You know, I want to close by giving an opportunity for you to pray that prayer right now. If you want to get right with your maker, if you want your story transformed, it's a prayer of faith in saying yes to the offer of Christ. So let's do that, shall we? Will you pray with me? Lord, I thank you so much for all of my friends who are contemplating their life story right now and desiring that plot twist that only Jesus can bring. We say yes to this incredible offer you're extending. What you did on the cross, that story, your story can continue on in our lives. And so, Jesus, we want you to be the forgiver of our sins, the leader of our lives. We're trusting in you both now and forever. Revolutionize our story. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us here on our Easter Sunday celebration. Before you take off, we would love to let you know some very simple ways where you could connect further with us here at the Compass Church. The first is just by letting us know that you've been with us by filling out an online connection card. 
go to thecompass.net. You'll find a link to that in the show notes. And just let us know that you've been here or what sort of information you would like to know more about with the Compass Church. And if you have a prayer request, there is a space for you to write in your prayer requests where our staff and volunteer team will take time to intentionally pray for you over the course of this week. Another way where you can connect is just by connecting further with me. I would love to have a conversation about the things that matter most to you. Whether that's Easter, whether that's related to the church, whether it's sports, movies, some of your favorite books, where you're planning on going for vacation. Any of those things are on the table because I just want to start a dialogue and get to know more of who you are. If you're interested in doing that, you can do it through a cup of digital coffee. Go to thecompass.net slash digital coffee and just let us know that you're interested. Give us an idea of what type of information you might be looking to discuss. And I would love to set up a time to have those sorts of conversations with you. And the last thing I just want to say is thank you for your continued partnership and generosity. If you're interested in giving to help further the mission here at the Compass Church of helping people find and follow God, you can do that at any point by going to thecompass.net slash give. We're thrilled to be kicking off a new sermon series starting this coming week called Who Do You Think You Are? It's going to be a study all about our identity in Christ. So whether you're new to the faith or seasoned in the faith, it's great to have those tangible reminders that we're going to hear about starting next time we're together here at the Compass Church Podcast.